Welcome to this MOOC podcast by the All Wales Faculty for Dental Care Professionals from Bangor University. Hello, I'm Paul Brocklurst and this is the podcast for the Geodontology MOOC. In this podcast, we're going to be discussing all about the Gwyn and Bith project, which tra- uh, translates in English to a lasting smile. In the last podcast, we talked a little bit about the overview of the Gwyn and Bith project. Um, and in this podcast, we're going to be specifically talking about how the Gwyn and Bith project was implemented. So, Lisa, brief review of the objectives before before we start. So what, what is the Gwyn and Bith project? Um, what's, what's the aim of the, the project? Well, the aim and the programme delivery objectives are described in the Welsh Health Circular, which underpins the piece of work. Um, The aim is to have a consistent approach across the whole of Wales to improve mouth care for older people living in care homes. Um, And we specifically chose the words mouth care um, in delivering the work because that's what the care home staff said to us means something to them. Um, we, We often talk about oral health, sometimes dental health, but they asked us to use that phrase mouth care. So that's why we talk about mouth care. And so often the sort of mouth is taken outside of the body as well, which in this particular sort of population is absolutely critical yes. to make sure it's very much embedded in the body. Absolutely, absolutely. So the um, objectives, there's quite a range and some of them are um, things to do with what underpins the programme. So for example, we want care homes to have a mouth care policy. That doesn't have to be long and complicated. One side of A4 is fine. Um, and one of the uh, roles for the dental teams who support delivery is to help them to identify what would be in their policy and to give them a draft policy. So the the, the, the sort of, um, people who are working on the ground within the sort of project are actually for helping the care homes facilitate their policy statement. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, and then the other objectives are primarily that the care home staff need to be trained to understand what mouth care is. Um, certain staff trained to assess the mouth. Uh, It's very important to stress that they're not doing a dental examination. These people are not GDC registrants, but it is part of their role to to do an awful lot of healthcare. Uh, So uh, it's to train them to look in a mouth and to assess and to ask the resident. So just to be clearly, so the the people who would be doing that kind of work would be? Um, Some of them will be nurses by background. Some of them will have had uh, additional training so that they're in senior roles in the care home because right. uh, not all care homes employ nurses yes. um, so it's somebody with a, a quite senior in the care home who does assessments and they'll be doing assessments for all sorts of things nutrition hydration um, hygiene skin integrity and so on so mouth care is just part of that role and is that done at the beginning as, as residents are admitted into the program or and or uh, on a more regular basis what's the Uh, I think this is where the Gwen and Bith programme slightly differs from uh, our, you know, counterparts across the UK in that the assessments are carried out monthly in line with other assessments. So as Lisa's already mentioned, when they'll carry out a nutritional assessment, a water low assessment, they will also carry a mouth assessment because it's really important that this is embedded with all the other assessments, not just separate, only done when a resident enters a care home 
or maybe a 12-month later. And Ros, those other elements that you, you mentioned, sort of the nutritional assessment, et cetera, are, are, they, um, are they obviously undertaken sort of on a monthly basis anyway? That's that's part of what the care home um, assessment process is about. Ab- absolutely. And that was the one thing that came from the care home managers. It was they the ones who instigated that these would be done on a monthly basis in line with all the other assessments that they carry out. So it becomes far more of an holistic approach. Yes, absolutely. So, um, you know, the whole package, the whole care package, as opposed to being a one-off dental assessment or a mouth assessment. And and how much training do the sort of nurses require to start doing this kind of assessment, Callan? Well, initially, um, I would... I would go to um, a care home manager and explain the programme. And I didn't... You know, the training is about an hour and a half. I particularly like all carers to know why a resident is has a, a, an assessment, a mouth care assessment that leads to a mouth care plan. So I usually include that in my core training because right. I think some carers don't even see a care plan. And I think it really is important that they are aware that a care plan is there. And so you're talking about the carers of residents in homes aren't, aren't don't always see the no, care plans. No, no, that's, of those a, that's just something that I have found going around. You know the care homes, um, and I do emphasise that it really is important because when when people assess, they they put mouth care as part of hygiene, and you know we're trying to raise, raise the profile of mouth care in our training. Lisa, you wanted to mention um, something. I just wanted to pick up something that Carolyn's alluded to is it's no point assessing somebody if it's not going to lead to a care plan, yes. if it's going to make no difference. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's like sort of saying you're going to weigh somebody every month, yes. but not do anything about whether they're losing weight or gaining weight. You've got to have a care plan that follows the assessment. And, and I always say during my training, I mean, I could stay there all day and talk about mouth care, but it doesn't mean the mouth care is going to improve. It's what? they do you know with that with that knowledge so how do you do that how do you link that assessment then to action because that's that's the key thing particularly in this kind of environment which is you know fast fast moving lots of changing residents changing staff well just from a training session I carried out yesterday, I'm, I do a case study and we go through it and you could see their minds working. They were thinking of different residents while we were going through the assessment and they, they were saying, oh, that would suit, you know, Mrs. So-and-so, you know, and it was, it was, I could see that the light bulb was going on when they were go- we were going through that assessment and they could link it and then they could link it to the care plan. And, and I think then if we can engage with champion training and get those uh, you know champions within the care home to then you know f- f- follow this work through yeah. i think we you know we're we're onto a winner really Ros, you wanted to say yeah. something yeah I, I think it's just to you know to recognize with gwen and Beth, there is and and you know it's important that we recognize this complexity um in obtaining really what is the outcome of the program um because I know in some other projects, you know, you could have before and after improvements in mouth care, certainly in regarding sort of cleanliness scores. Um, what has been reported anecdotally, and it is anecdotally from care home managers, that they have suggested that there has been improvements and reduction um, in nystatin use for candida infections. Right. Yeah, um, which I guess is a good marker for general oral hygiene, isn't it? 
Absolutely. Um, and, you know, other reductions in, for example, chest infections, respiratory infections. We appreciate that this is, you know, still in the early stages. Um, however, many of the teams now across Wales, they are going to be working with Public Health Wales as part of their older uh, care home improvement programme to see if we can really narrow down on some of that anecdotal evidence to see if we can actually try and get some outcome measures from it. Um but with the regard, you know, picking up on Carol, Carol, I mentioned about, you know, quality assurance um, and assessments and care plans. Um, the care homes, they are supported by community dental teams uh, and the community dental teams do visit the care homes on a monthly basis to carry out quality assurance. Yeah. Uh, and what they are looking for is the quality of the assessment does it actually link up to the care plan? And then if we can somehow identify if the care plan has actually been delivered. So you've got uh, an assessment and then you've got a care plan and all of those are audited as part of as part of the, the project itself. So there's, a, there's, a, there's an integral um, review of and monitoring against the objectives of the programme. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and it, it doesn't just stop at the assessment and the care plan. It also picks up on only the, the resources, the consumables, because I think it's important to bear in mind that many of these care homes, they don't have access to an NHS supply chain where they're all these consumables. They have to purchase them. Yes. So, again, the dental teams are really fundamental in picking up if there's anything there um, that is important for the staff to be able to do to use. Brilliant. Lisa, you... Um, one of the things I wanted to stress is that um, this is a once for Wales approach. So it's got to be the same across the whole of Wales. So in developing the assessment form and, and care home staff use assessment forms for all sorts of things and you know, all yeah. these other things we've been talking about. So looking at the NICE guidance, that included an assessment form for mouth care. So our DCP colleagues, in starting with the first few homes, they showed them the assessment uh, tool in the NICE programme and the staff, the care home staff, immediately started to suggest to our DCP colleagues, this is how you could make it better. So we've had a whole process of um, changing it, testing it, changing it yeah. until we've got an assessment tool that has been absolutely shaped by the care home staff who are going to use it in the end. It's no good. We've learned it's yeah, no exactly. good dental teams writing something and yeah. expecting a whole other profession to use it. We have to work with them. And how careful in terms of the volume, because obviously as dental professionals, we often, you know, dentistry is our passion. And there's always a danger of putting a lot of information or asking the care home staff to record a lot of information about dental. So was there any tension there? Um, how much did you have to amend um, the proposed um, assessment form? based on the realities of actually working um, in, it, it, in, it was simplified um, a, a little from um, during the processes but generally I think it's been you know well received within the care homes and, and especially in some of the uh, monitoring teams who have seen that the assessment tools within the, the boroughs they've they said it's all there they you know why aren't the care homes using it because yeah. some care homes do still choose to use their especially if they're a corporate yes. care home and a lot of care homes are going electronic now. So we're trying to, obviously, and Ros could pick up on this, we're trying to match the assessment with the electronic um, recording data as well. So, so this is electronic data yeah, that you're talking about. Is, is this something which is going to be in all residential homes or, or is this being rolled out as part of general health that's then going to be picked up by oral health? Is that how it's going to work? 
Within care home settings, there are a number of different um, electronic care packages that care homes use. And the complexity lies is that you, we can't say that there is one generic package that is used across Wales. So, um, for example, there has been one um, company that has taken on the mouth assessment and the care plan, and that's been embedded into their electronic format. And we're in the process now of working with another organisation because, again, Paul, they supply so many different care homes and they cross into England right. across okay. the border. Okay. Um, but, you know, the, 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 I think that it's really encouraging for us is that they're really wanting to embed the assessment into their software packages. Great. Lisa. Um, just to pick up on a question you asked a little bit ago, Paul, about how we change the um, assessment tool that was included in the NICE guidance. And it's just included as a, an example of a validated tool that yeah. care homes might like to use. Um, the original tool, uh, it went straight into the mouth. The first question was about lips and the mouth. Yeah. And the care home staff said to us, you, you need to look at our residents as a whole person. So please start with the whole person. You know, what is their health? What are they competent? Can they consent? And so on. So those were the sort of things, you know, we as uh, dental team members, we get a bit blinkered about mouths and teeth. And we, you know, we had to learn that message about this is a whole person. Look at that first. And, and how, how important, because obviously trying to get interventions working in care homes, can, we know this is a real sort of challenge across, across, across healthcare. So I just want to pick up a question around um, the frequency of the assessments. Is that what you think is driving the adherence? I, I, I use adherence in, in, in a, in a sort of, uh, without it being, it sound, can sound quite cold, can't it? But in terms of actually making sure that care homes are continuing with the programme, is the frequency of the assessment quite, quite important f for that? Or is what, what makes, what stops the care home, um, in, what stops the care home engaging with the programme? The frequency of the assessments that was derived by the care homes, so we had no jurisdiction right, okay. over that. So that was, but again, it was a real positive for us. The fact that the the, the assessments were reviewed on a monthly basis. Um, I think one of the other main drivers, and it's important to mention, is our links with Care Inspectorate Wales, um, because as part of their inspection program, they will look at are they taking part in the Gwen Ambeth program? Really? Yes. That's really interesting. So that ma almost mandates that that process. And and it, it's it is it is almost as if um, you know. The, the, the care home philosophy behind it is that, well, why wouldn't we want to be part of Gwen Ambeth? Yeah. Because we, it's going to be recognised with CIW, Care Inspectorate Wales. Um, and so it's something that they are striving for themselves. And all, um, well, Carolyn, I know that when we've been talking and part of the, the local imp um, implementation groups for this, um, we've actually got quite a number of, of contractors who are actually looking at this and ensuring that the oral health aspect that we're actually trying to plug in terms of Gwen Ambeth is included in the contracts that they're having with some of the care homes now. Carolyn, you could probably tell a little bit yeah, more. I think initially when I first started um, the role, um, it was um, a networking um, role 
role and going around to all the monitoring teams, safeguarding nurse teams as well. And I, I regularly get emails and I go to give um, presentations to the monitoring teams because they want to know what's going on in their care homes. Yeah. So it's um, it is really highlighted. And I think the implementation group, the, with our local implementation group, is very well attended now. And all stakeholders then have got, you know, they feel part of the programme. And I think that's one of the most important things that, that I have learned is, is, you know, in, is is the wider teams that are involved. And, and just listen to this. It, obviously, um, if, if DCPs were interested at, at whatever le- level um, and they want to become involved, uh, they might be working in the community or they might be working in the GDS, etc. How, how would they how would they start that process of getting engaged with a project like this? Uh, well, perhaps I could pick that up first of all, Paul. Uh, I think it would be helpful to read just some of the background, um, read the Welsh Health Circular, look at some of the annual reports. Um, The programme's been running for four years now and you can read in the annual reports how it started very small and it's steadily grown and the role that DCPs have played. So there's quite a lot of background reading that can go on before you get perhaps involved in the more um, practical things and meeting people. Uh, Do you want to pick that up, Ros? I think also there's a very good working relationship in Wales we have between the community dental services and general dental practice teams. Um, And there are several general dental practices that will have quite large contracts um, where they are supporting care homes. And I know that across Wales, there are many community dental teams that have engaged with those dental practices and trained their dental nurses and DCPs so that they are able to go out and support their care homes with Gwen and Beth. So what this does then extends the workforce of the dental workforce into supporting care homes. And it integrates, obviously, you know, both the CDS and the GDS, because I guess going going forwards, this is going to be a real, this is going to remain a challenge for the next 20, 30, 40 years, isn't it? This 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 particular. Um, also, one of the things that we've been doing with the All Wales Special Interest Group is to have a Roland Williams job shadowing scheme every other year for dental care professionals, whereby they're able to, to decide on what modules they'd like to, to um, job shadow. And one of those modules was oral health promotion, for uh, and which has included the, the Gwen Ambeth programme. Right. So they're able to, if they feel like they would like something more information on it, they're able to go and spend some days with the people working with them. And I know that we've had other 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 um, uh, dental nurses that have actually come to actually shadow as well that are outside that program. Yeah. So we're very open to that, so that they can see what we've been doing. Lisa, um, Ros can probably speak more on this, but one of the things we have had is um, since the programs uh, started to get a little bit, bit more well known, and uh, we're talking about it through national meetings. I think Ros, you've had a lot of contact from colleagues across the UK to to ask how can they hear more about it and, and get to know more about it and I, I, I think in a way that the group doing this podcast is, is a resource for colleagues to, to, to get in touch with if necessary. I think as well Paul it's not just recognising the impact that it possibly can have on the dental team but it's the wider workforce so particularly in Wales we have got what is called the All Wales um, Healthcare Support Workers Framework it's a national project and oral health and hygiene have been embedded as part of that framework and so across Wales, all the local implementation leads um, have been working and looking at that framework. And we've actually put together a resource um, for those leaders to take forward. Of, and of course, it makes reference to the Gwen Ambeth programme. Brilliant. So I'm just going to finish 
I'd like to just, we've talked quite a bit about assessment. So what we've not talked a bit about is the sort of the sort of toolkit which which flows off the back off the back of that. So once people have been assessed and the care plan has been designed, are there other elements within the Gwynedd Beth program which then sort of like support the delivery of of an intervention to improve? Um, mouth care, etc. Well, we um, all health boards had to set up their um, own local implementation group. And I must admit, um, I'd never, ever chaired a meeting before I got this role. So that, right. was, quite a, that okay. was quite a big challenge for me. And also knowing who to invite to these these um, meetings. But I've got to say, it, 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 they've grown over the number of years. We've been doing it now three years. The numbers have grown. And I do see how what benefit that is is to support the programme and you know it is part of you know we have them speech and language therapists and um, dietitians and um, safeguarding teams and the difficulty we do get is actually getting care home managers to these meetings because we know how difficult their jobs can be if something happens within their working you know working day yeah. so that that one is one of the challenges I think but other stakeholders are, are always you know attending those meetings so we hold them about twice a year and, and also I'd like to add and since I I'm actually on this local implementation group that uh, Carolyn very, is very good at chairing. But um, what we've also learned is that our, our colleagues, like speech and language therapy and dietitians, want to know how we've managed to be able to um, put Gwen and Bith within those care homes and are actually learning from us as well. Right. So it's shared information. They're learning from us and we're learning from them to make sure that we improve what we're, we're actually so doing. So the Gwen and Beth project yeah. itself yeah. Is, it's almost like a case study of, of, of implementation programme yes. that's working. Uh, some of the dietitians they, they have big difficulties as well providing training so we want to try and do some more joined up work in with them and of course the link between oral health and nutrition is particularly important for this age group isn't it i probably should mention our colleagues in scotland now they their program caring for smiles uh, we were with their permission able to learn huge amounts and copy some of their good practice but in terms of the training and resources one of the things that they stressed to us was the need for um, a nationwide training resource so the uh, DCP teams delivering the program have developed that and we have a, a fantastic resource for care homes to use and to access as well as development of uh, all Wales training material uh, the other thing that they stressed to us was the need for a recognisable brand. And um, we used to just sort of vaguely refer to it as the Care Home Programme. Right. But having a name with a brand yes. and a logo, it seems a very small thing, but actually it raises the profile. It's a unifying thing, isn't it? It, it brings is. everybody together. It is. And again, that came from DCPs. Brilliant. I feel quite, I love going around the care homes with the manual and the resource manual now and not my little plastic folder with photocopied stuff. And so it is really lovely to have something that's so well, you know, being well put together and, and it, it looks really professional. Feedback from the care homes, they, they love it. They say it's professional, easy to read and a, a really beneficial resource for them. So there's a there's a specific manual which, which um, is issued to each care home or is it? Part of the, tr I mean, how does how does that get promulgated through through the different care homes? Yeah, so we have the the manual, the resource, uh, but I think it's important that we must recognise it's not just simply given out to care homes. Yeah. So it's about care homes really engaging with us. Yeah. 
signing up to the program. Um, many care homes will say, oh, I only want training. But we say, well, actually, it's not just about training because we all know that just providing knowledge does not necessarily exactly. equate to a change in practice. Exactly. Um, so this is about signing up, you know, to the, actually the delivering, improving the delivery of mouth care for their residents. And whether that's using the, you know, the All Wales assessments and care plans or working with their organisation to embed the assessments and care plans into the electronic software that they have. Brilliant, because I guess the emphasis can often be with programmes, um, so these sort of national kind of programmes, you know, the, the focus on the intervention. But I think what you said there is absolutely right in terms of the importance. It, it, the focus has to be on actually taking everybody with you uh, and taking the, all, 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 all the care home sort of staff, the, the care home managers, etc. And actually, if you can get, you know, a 20% change at that kind of level, it's worth a lot more than a than, than something a complete focus on the intervention itself if that makes any sense yeah and, and i think paul you know that the way that the training um you know particularly the the powerpoints and the resources that are being provided for the, the care home staff um they are very easy they're easy to read um you they can be easily deliverable um and we've had some really some fantastic trainers you know in care homes who provide training to their whole of their teams because We've got to remember that the turnover in, of care home staff is quite fluid. It's and, and so it, it's important that we address that. Um, and one of the things that the care home managers wanted was this induction program, uh, so that they actually deliver their training for new staff when they come into the care home. So they're not reliant on the dental care professional to provide that training. So there's a cascading element here. So what you're saying is that the care home staff are delivering the intervention. Our in, the, the good and Beth intervention. Um, so um, I guess um, your role, Carolyn, is kind of like ensuring that process and, and sort of steering and scaffolding. But it's very much actually within the home, and it's being passed from care home staff to care home staff, yeah, which is like a peer to peer approach. Definitely, and I think that's one of the um, my objectives now is to is to um, sign more champion training because I think w w some health boards have already carried out some good work over the years, and now in Bevan, twenty five years they've been going into older persons care homes, and I think m when I came on board, the care homes thought we were going to uh, abandon them almost, but. Um, you know, to, but we're just encouraging the, the cascade of training, you know, so that, like Ross said, with new members of staff, but we're not going to walk away from the care homes. And, you know, we're still there to, to support them, but to get the care homes to have ownership on on the programme. Many care homes now, Paul, for their staff, they have what they call a training passport. So Gwen and Beth is very much part of that training passport. Um, so if a carer does move from one care home to another, they take their passport with them as evidence of what training that they have achieved. So again, what that does help to ensure that whether we've got care staff that move from within a community setting, maybe into secondary care, because, you know, we know that, you know, this is what happens, then we are ensuring we've got this consistent approach because the same thing, the same training is being also being delivered in a separate project, but within secondary care settings. So as Lisa mentioned, it is about, a, you know, a once for Wales approach for our care support workers. Brilliant. 
Lisa. Um, can I just pick on, up on one other thing that um, really DCPs can have a crucial part in? Uh, Ros talked about the fact that she'd come across um, the new framework for training for healthcare support workers. Uh, and very often that won't be sent to you as a dental team. You've got to be a bit of a detective and look out for these things. And so, you know, when you're either working in a care home or you're in a meeting somewhere else, just uh, one of the things you can keep doing is to say, oh, what are you doing and what pieces of work are you involved in to your dietitians and pharmacists and so on? And, and then you look at it and say, actually, as dental professionals, we can contribute to that. D don't wait for them to come to you. Get out there and go to them. Absolutely. Lisa, I'd second that. And I know that Carolyn has the most amazing networker I have ever come across. And the number of people that she's brought on board through the Gwen Ampith programme has not just benefited us from, an, from a health board perspective for the, for the older people in care homes, which actually opened all sorts of doors for us in, in other aspects of um, dental care or, or health care that we've been providing. And that's so important going forward, isn't it? I mean, obviously, we, we, we know that sort of gerontology is a really important area going forward. But that kind of approach is also critical with, you know, care of younger people. Yeah. You know, it's, it's about putting dentistry back in broader healthcare, isn't it? You know, just speaking as a DCP, um, it's really it made me grow in my profession. And I never knew that I would be good at networking. That was something that I would never have um, envisaged. And also, almost we feel like a salesperson. I think they think we're getting commission for it, but obviously not. But all we want is, uh, you know, older people to have healthy mouths. And that's, that's, the, that's the only commission that we want. <laughs> Brilliant. I want to pick up on some of those um, elements in the, in the third and final sort of podcast. So, so thank you for listening uh, to this podcast. And of course, thank you to my guests. Um, if you're wanting to learn more about older person care, then you may be interested in the other podcasts in this series on epidemiology, management and prevention. If you're a DCP looking to develop your skills and career, be sure to check out other MOOCs offered by the All Wales Faculty for Dental Care Professionals. Just go to our website, www.awfdcp.ac.uk.